If you want more power, better vision, and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG Plus, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transcending Sport. I'm your host, Rob Cruz. My guests are from Hybrid Strength and Performance in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have Caleb Lindsay. He's the head straight coach, and we also have Laura Conahan-Lewis. She is the assistant strength and conditioning coach, and we are doing take two of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) because last time we tried it, we had some technical difficulties, and we actually did a really good podcast that did not record. So now we're going to call this one take two. Guys, welcome back to the show again. How you doing? Thank you. Good to see you guys. Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, I don't have the same clothes on either. I said, you know what? I'm just going to wear something different, whatever. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> so I wanted to start off. I, I love introducing my, 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 my audience to new people, new perspective, fresh perspectives. Uh, obviously, people who um, I, never bring my, I never bring my audience, people who are not really good at what they do, which is why I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys uh, were able to do this again. And um, so yep. just kind of, if you want to start off, I'd like to get my guests to just kind of know, like, why you do this. Um, man, I, I think growing up in sports, uh, from the time I could walk, I was playing something, baseball, basketball, football, whatever it could be. Yeah. Um, settled on baseball uh, my senior year, uh, quit playing basketball and decided that it was time to really gain weight. Um, I, I signed to play in college and uh, I was a soaking wet 6'2", 155-pound kid. And uh, they sent me a picture of the catcher in front of me and said, look, he's 230, figure it out. Um, So I did what every high school kid does. I started lifting like a bodybuilder. I started eating terribly, eating everything I could find. Um, I got to 230 in nine months, but I was slow. Um, I was tight. I was rigid. I wasn't explosive. Um, And really, to be honest, wasn't that strong. I was just bigger. Um, mm-hmm. so got to college and ran all that off in the first month, got back to like two Oh five, mm-hmm. um, ended up with a, a Tommy John injury, a meniscus mm-hmm. injury. Um, and coming back from that process really kind of piqued my interest on the performance side and the rehab side. Um, so I started in the rehab side, going with physical therapy, mm-hmm. um, got a week into the internship with it and absolutely hated it. Um, there was no projection forward. There was no. There was no connection to be made for the years to come to see a seven yeah. 
had walked through our doors to become that senior that signs the scholarship and to go watch him play in college. Um, and I felt like that was that was what I wanted to do, so that's what I pursued. Um, so once I finished my master's in 2018, uh, started as a trainer here to gym in town, opened my own spot in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we opened hybrid and expanded uh, back in March of last year. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. How you are? So I also kind of have a similar story. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in the rehab side of it because mm-hmm. I was always injured. Uh, I played soccer growing up, yep. um, up until I had a career ending injury in high school. Um, ended up with a complete ankle reconstruction, was told I can't play anymore. Um, and spending as much time in PT as I did, it really piqued my interest in the exercise science side of things. Kind of the same thing. I spent a few weeks uh, in my internship and did not enjoy it uh, and ended up on the performance side as well. So very similar story. Um, and we met in grad school in 2016. 2016. So we've mm. been friends ever since and always joked about having a place that we were at together. And it's finally worked out uh, in October that. of 2020. Yep. Yeah. Love that. COVID, COVID happened and she uh, she got laid off where she was in Pennsylvania. And <laughs> we luckily got to where you were able to stay open at the first place I opened and yeah. kind of quietly grew. And um, in November of 2020, we, we went to a wedding. And on the way back, I was like, okay, I'm telling people no, like, every day because I don't have hours <laughs> like I need a coach and so we made it made it work she moved down here and then by April of 21 I was like oh crap we've outgrown where we are and uh yeah held on through the through the winter <laughs> and and got over here to triple threat and tripled in size whenever we were when we and that's out. how we connected because yes. yep. <laughs> because triple threat for those who don't know is one of the multiple facilities that I've co-branded my, my, my curriculum with. And they're going to be teaching uh, my, my, the Rob Cruz slash complete game uh, training, training curriculum for, for hitters and, 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 and utilization of technology, tech implementation, and, and things like that. And, and you guys are, are in the space, uh, sharing that space. And um, it's, it's literally like, the, literally like you, come out, you come out of the batting cage area and you, you hang a left and you go through the door and you're there. And you're there. Like without even leaving the building, yeah. it's, it's the next room actually. Yep. So, um, uh, so, so the so the 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 the, the coming together of, of the strength trainer or the performance trainer, because I like I like to call it call it performance, a little better, uh, with the skills coach, and and yeah. and collaborating on the on and assisting in the development of the athlete. Uh, what does that look like uh, over at Triple Threat and, and Hybrid? What does that look like? How are you guys evaluating the, the, these athletes and then collaborating with, with Lola and her staff over at Triple Threat? So it kind of happened organically with Grace, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Lola's daughter. She was the first one we really had yeah. uh, from Triple Threat, and that's yep. kind of how we heard about Triple Threat and eventually made this, this happen. Oh, okay, okay. But it – it usually works where they'll have a girl um, that, you know, she's got some potential. She's got the ability. She's got anything in the ears. It's just there are certain things that aren't there. Yeah. Um, so it can be as simple as they're over there for a lesson next door with Lola. She pokes her head in here to see if one of us is here. She'll call the girl over there like, hey, I need her to do X, but 
she's not. Why? Why? Why is it not happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. You know, okay. From, from a movement perspective, we can kind of watch and see if there's an imbalance. See, you know, what's going on. Um, give some suggestions, and then hopefully, you know, get them to our side and start working on some of those things that we can mm-hmm. ping back and forth. And try to, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's it's a pitching technical thing over there or if it's something a little more specific to this side that just mm-hmm. organically is going to help that side. Um, Madison really is like the, yeah. the, the golden child when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Lola's one pitcher, uh, Madison, uh, she, Lola called me over. She's like, I just need you to watch this to see what's going on. Um, and she wasn't able to keep her foot down through her pitching. Um, hmm. and so she wasn't able to produce any power after mm-hmm. the release. And so she, uh, I, I was able to tell pretty quickly that her left glute knee just wasn't firing, mm-hmm. uh, which is the smaller muscle under your glute max. Um, and so Madison got over here and we started working on some rehabilitation type stuff. And I, yep. I kind of put her through the motions to s- just confirm what I expected watching her pitch. And it became pretty apparent pretty quick that her left butt cheek wasn't firing um (laughs) so i was joking yeah i was joking Mm -hmm. now like hey your butt cheek works again like all right all right so so in in the evaluation process like uh, somebody comes off the street or somebody comes who's never had a train it's it's shocking to me how many how many how many young athletes will say i i have a trainer i'm going to i'm working out i'm lifting weights and then i go oh really well have you uh so have you ever had a uh, an evaluation or screen or and so many of them have not had an evaluation because there's so many people out here and I don't know how you don't get me started but I don't know how you train someone without evaluating them and obviously you guys have an evaluation system so can you explain the importance of the evaluation why it's why it's why we need one and how that helps to set the you know where I'm going yeah yeah I think that you know, so you walk in here day one. Yes. Uh, we're going to see a couple different movement screens. We're going to see, can you hinge your hips? Um, can you squat? What does it look like? Can you go into an overhead position? What does your thoracic extension look like? Can you rotate? Um, can you do some basic body weight exercises? If you can't do those and you can't move well, then we're going to have to start with strength first thing overall. Mm-hmm. If you can't do body weight squats that look like mm-hmm. they're sequenced, if you can't do push-ups, mm-hmm. even hang from a bar, things like that, we're going to have to start there. Yep. Um, but then we can kind of get a little deeper. We go into our vertical jump numbers. Uh, we test three different measures to look at one that's straight leg strength, one that's more of a CNS prep, and one that's a combination of more of an athletic movement. So we look at all three of those to see where discrepancies lie. So if somebody's jumping a 20 on a static jump that's just leg mm-hmm. strength mm-hmm. and they're jumping a 20 on, a, on their one step, there's something going on there elastically and explosively in that athlete that's just <clears throat> missing. Right. So that, that's a telltale for us there. Uh, we'll get some sprint numbers. We'll get um, some relative strength numbers through like some hanging, push-ups, can you do a chin-up, things like that. Um, in the past, we've gone super specific with like joint angles and things like that. But as we've grown and the more we've seen kids and the more kids that have come in, there's really no need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much all of them are going to be – they're going to have – poor posture they're going to struggle with mm-hmm. any kind of thoracic extension because they sit hunkered over on their phones in school all day mm-hmm. uh, they're all going to have some sort of pelvic tilt one way or another just because they walk funny because they just grew like a foot and they don't know <laughs> what to do with all of this mm-hmm. uh, 
So as we've as we've kind of got into this, I'm in year five, and I think you're in year six, mm -hmm. seven. Yeah. The longer we've been in this, the more we see similarities, the more than differences. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really just those few specific things that we look at, and then it's general. Where are your deficits? What is your injury history? Mm -hmm. uh, what are your biggest struggles right now with your sport? Mm -hmm. And we can kind of use those to kind of build out what we think will help. And, and I think on, on, on our side of it, as skills, as focusing more on the skill side, uh, we know that <clears throat> the things that you just outlined for us usually corres correspond or relate or match up with a swing characteristic or a throwing characteristic. And if they're failing those screens, it's frustrating on us, our side because we're dealing with a player who just can't even move. Yep. Right, yeah. Yep. And, and, and we're trying to give them a, a, a cue to cue them into a specific body movement or sequence or anything. And they yeah. just can't, they just physically cannot do it. Yep. Yeah. And now it's like we hit this wall. So uh, it, it, this is why I wanted to have you guys on because I wanted, one, I want to educate people on why going to a professional human performance facility, working with people who actually know what they're doing. <laughs> Because not everybody knows what they're doing. Uh, let's let's be clear. There's so, <laughs> there's so be so many people out here, like you know, and they got all the letters behind the name, and they, and they got the you know they got you know they got all of that, but doesn't mean you're good at it. Just like yeah. just like just like any profession. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. you, you could be a teacher and not be good at it. You could be a mailman and not be a good mailman. Like you could be with anything and just not be good at it. <laughs> a yeah. bad mailman. This is not even my address. You know? <laughs> can you read? <laughs> it's across yeah. the street. <laughs> so. So um, when, when, you know, I, I, we, we're utilizing a lot of technology and technology implementation is going to be something that's going to be driving uh, what we do. Uh, uh, and, and, and Lola and the staff at Triple Threat are very excited to embrace technology. And, and a big part of technology is it's going to show us stuff that we could never see. For like sure. sequencing right. and what, what sequence is the body decelerating in? Is it is it in a good sequence or is it in a, is it in a poor poor sequence in terms of deceleration? Um, are we are, are is the speed of the hips is is there pelvic control? Is there is there spine stability? You know, is there a stronger side? Is there a weaker side in terms of the power differential in an athlete? And then you know once we're able to identify those things, it's like okay, well now that we've now that we understand that you have very limited pelvic control, we need you to go next door. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. We, there's nothing we could do now. Like you, that has to be fixed. You know, we've yeah. identified that that's an issue. Uh, we go next. We have to go next door. And 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 so the, in terms of like collaboration, I know we're still working on like how, how we, you know, the, uh, uh, a system of whether it's video, slow mo, hear the numbers. You guys started getting start getting good at like reading some of the data and sort of being able to see like the PDF files and saying, okay, we see it. We see the graph. <laughs> right yeah. you know yeah. and things like that so but on your side um what are some of the issues and challenges that you find with like the follow-up and the consistency with the athletes coming in and things like that P particularly in uh, particularly in, in rotational sports like pitchers throwers uh, and hitters yeah so mm -hmm. with the demands of especially baseball and softball and mm -hmm. not only their school seasons but their travel seasons and their mm -hmm. fall seasons and 
coordinating with pitching coaches, catching coaches, hitting coaches, all of that. And because it's Thursday, we have a four-hour practice. Yeah, yeah, and all of, like, there's a whole lot of scheduling going on. Yeah. Um, so keeping them consistent through the year is a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding the time, like, them, especially if they can't drive yet, them finding the time with their parents to get them mm-hmm. over here. Um, but the importance of in-season training cannot be, like, I can't like preach it enough <laughs> um, because if you're not training in season, then even just like once or twice a week to maintain what you've gained in your off season, mm-hmm. then your strength is going to fall off. Your power is going to fall off and you're going to get to the postseason, and you're not going to have the same strength that you entered the season with. Yep. And not only that, when you finish your season, you're at a lower level than when you started. Mm-hmm. So you have to work harder to get back to where you started. Whereas the people that maintained it through the season, they're a jump ahead of you. Where So, so what would it look like if you were, obviously you know the benefit of it. So if you had a child that played sports and if you had a 15 year old who was a baseball or softball player, you would know, Oh no, it's, it's off season. We have to keep this going. You, you gained all this momentum from mm-hmm. the off season to the preseason. Now we go to end season, and I, I realize you don't have a lot of time. So yeah. what would be as if you were a parent? How would you reorganize? How would you structure the, a time management system or plan for a, a typical high school athlete? What, what would you? What are your recommendations to get people to? Okay, here's a here's a great way that we yeah. can keep this going. Whether it's remotely, whether you're coming in five in the morning before school, I don't know. But what what, what would you got? What would you say? So uh, it's a little closer to home now. Uh, got an almost six month old daughter now. So okay. of course thoughts go through my head, uh, like crazy. <laughs> of just course. <laughs> so it, it's a little fresher on my mind to try to figure it out. So really one of our first implementations was we started doing a 6am athlete group, hmm. uh, three days. A week. Um, and it's not for everybody. I'll say that off the bat. We've got some kids that just might as well not even show up because they're still so tired. Uh, and these are the ones that get enough sleep at night and still be just, they're just not a morning person. It's not going to work. Uh, we've got some that thrive on it. They, that, that's their time. That's the only time they come. They, they feel better it. at that time. Yeah. When they come in the afternoon, they're like, well, this is this sucks. <laughs> so that was one of our first big things. I think on our end, it's availability, uh, which can be frustrating at times because, you know, there will be hours where I think right now we have 11 opportunities for our kids to get in in a week uh, that train one of our groups. Uh, that way they have the options. So sometimes that's 25 kids on the floor. Sometimes it's two. Uh, it just depends on what everybody's schedules are looking like. So I'll, on our side, it's availability. Um, I th- think something else that we've done really well with is homework. Um, if there are big rocks that we've got for a kid, if he has to stay consistent on A, B, and C, you can do A, B, and C elsewhere if you need to. Yeah. Um, if that's, you know, in PE, if you've got a lifting class during school and y'all don't have something because it's game day and you can sit out on game day your A, B, and C are going to make sure that you're performing how you need to that night. Mm-hmm. If it's um, some of our younger kids, whether it's, you know, having some bands and a TRX at home, um, you know, and before you go to school, you do your sets, stuff mm-hmm. like that to mm-hmm. take some of the structure out of it. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it's going to be more intense here. It's going to be more hands-on here. It's going to mm-hmm. get the most benefit, but we're not just going to throw everything out because you can't get here. 
right. your two to three times a week. Like if it's once a week that you can get in here and once a week that you can do some stuff at home, whether it's ISOs, whether it's some body weight, mm-hmm. you know, it's extra band work, extra mobility, mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's the message that we've preached is consistency. One of our, um, one of our main sayings here is consistent, intentional work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be consistent with our time. We're going to be consistent with the things we have to do. We're going to be intentional with our time and the things we have to do. We're also going to put in the work. And when those three things line up and they're consistent about their food, their sleep, their mm-hmm. prehab, their mobility, uh, their warm-ups, their cool-downs, when all of those things line up, man, those are the ones that we get to sit back and enjoy and watch. Yeah. Yes. They, yeah. they come in and surprise us weekly because yeah. – they get the full benefit out of what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the ones that we're like, dang, they make us look really yeah. good. Like we, right. we watched, we, we watched a 165 pound kid deadlift five thirty for two this morning. That's six. Yeah. That's pretty good. It has a standing broad jump of over 11 and a half feet. Mm-hmm. Like he's a genetic monster. Mm-hmm. Most, but yeah. to us, we know that yes, his genetics play a big role in it, but mm-hmm. he also eats what he's supposed to. He goes yep. to sleep by eight, three, mm-hmm. nine o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. He's in here three, sometimes four days a week. Mm-hmm. And he does what we ask. He does what he's supposed to do because mm-hmm. he wants to play at the next level. And he understands yeah. the sacrifice is needed. He bought right. in from day one. Buy in. Buy in. Buy Yes. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm not, I, have, I have a really, this is a burning question of mine. Now. I, want, I, want, I want to ask this one. I want to see how you guys are going to answer this. Um, because in my world, there's a huge difference between the culture of baseball, yep. the culture of softball, and then I think the genders are clearly different. Like the female athletes go about it so much differently, in my opinion, than the guys do. Yes. And obviously, I know you can. You know where I'm going. I want to know yeah. how. I want to know what those are. How you've how you how you've identified those. And what are some of the ways in which you customize your approach to dealing with each within the culture of the sports? Because because baseball is not girls baseball. I mean, softball is not girls baseball. No, no, no. not at all. <laughs> and, and, and baseball is not guys softball. It's it's two different sports. Yeah. yeah. And some people don't get that, you know. So how, how what are some of the ways that in which you have some things that you've identified, and how have you customized your approach to each to make sure that. You're, you're, you're getting to them where they are. Like you're, you're meeting them where they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, we kind of go kid to kid too. Because yes. there's mm-hmm. some that we can just like lay into and yep. they're going to be like, sir, yes, ma'am, yep. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. There's others that if we laid into them like that, they'd be in a puddle and we'd have to like build them back up before yeah. they yes. can move on yeah. to yes. the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for that's across all genders. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. Mm-hmm. As far as female athletes go, um, I actually started a program called Powerful, and mm. it is tailored specifically to the female athlete. Um, and we go over everything from mental health to game day eating, game day, uh, like afternoon <laughs> eating. <laughs> Cleaning, sleep, recovery, and then what injuries female athletes are more likely to see mm-hmm. um, just because of um, the laxity of our uh, ligaments and tendons, especially it even depends on where you are at in the menstrual cycle because the higher mm-hmm. estrogen can cause more injury risk. Um, our hips are a little bit wider skeletally 
and the way it aligns with your knees is why you see a lot more torn ACLs in mm -hmm. female athletes as well, um, because that space where the ACL runs is a lot more narrow. So I definitely focus on a lot of like hip and knee stability with my mm -hmm. female athlete, shoulder stability, um, and then just making sure they're cognizant of we, we really have to focus on their landings and change mm -hmm. a direction a little mm -hmm. bit more because statistically females are more likely to land upright and they're more likely to change direction on one foot yep. which is when an acl injury typically occurs is that plant and pivot motion well and on that too um especially and you'll know from your performance side right now mm -hmm. younger athletes are more skilled at certain maneuvers in their sport at a lot younger age you know especially you think you never saw girls 10 11 12 years old laying out making these diving catches 10 years ago you never saw them making these acrobatic diving plays yeah so <laughs> nobody was training for it. nobody was preparing them to do it so mm -hmm. at that younger age now they're so much more competent in their sport that their bodies aren't even ready for it yet that's why you're seeing these injuries so much younger so our middle school girls last night we had probably six of them in here yeah. i think the lightest squat in the room was like 125, 135. We <laughs> were trying to bulletproof these girls to try to mitigate some of that injury risk. Yes. Yeah. Now, our girls, from a motivation and buy-in standpoint, and you're talking about training them differently, our girls work their faces off. Yeah. We don't have to say a word to them. They come like, in. They, they now, they're, they're going to have fun. They're going <laughs> to laugh. They're going to cut up. They're going to throw chalk at each other because it's a gym. But <laughs> when it comes time to get under the bar, they're going to get under the bar and they're going to work. Um, they are self-motivated a lot easier than our guys are. Yeah. Um, I see the same thing, yep. <laughs> yeah. Our guys, and they're, when they're having a good day, they're having a great day. Mm -hmm. um, last week, like, everyone was a 40 to 50-pound jump on a deadlift. Yeah, they and all we just, we just we just kind of looked at each other like, something's in the water. They today. ate their weenies. We're yeah. okay with like, it. <laughs> I guess they didn't have four tests today. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to training our girls versus our guys, it is different how we have to approach them. We had a girl walk in here last night, and she's usually bubbly and happy. She was straight eyebrows across, like something was wrong. Yes. She looked after her first set of squatting, and she was like, "Can I please do more?" She's like, I, "This is this is I'm not getting anything out of this." Throws 50 pounds on the bar, does it for the easiest set ever, and looks at me like, "See, I can do more." Yeah. So <laughs> that's the kind of environment we want, where they know that if they look at us and say, "Hey, I need to be pushed more," great, do it. Let's go. As long as you, mm -hmm. as long as you're safe, and as long as we're here to watch, mm -hmm. go for broke. That's why we're yeah. here. We're that's here it. to facilitate your growth mm -hmm. and when we can have them motivated rather than us motivated we, mm -hmm. we're finally on to something mm -hmm. when when they clicked when they see the importance of it like we can step back like we we brainstorm on the program we brainstorm on the things here and there but when they come through the door knowing that hey i'm here to get better i'm here to work and i'm gonna get better and i'm gonna work mm -hmm. that's that's the fun stuff starts happening yeah that's good that's that's great stuff so I, I, I'm finding that like when my when my athletes who actually have trainers come in the cage, um, and, and we're taking these hacks and we're and we're doing the measurements and the exit velocities start to get better. Because for me, I, I can, and I want to talk about ground. I'm not, I want to talk about ground force today. If you if you have time to go into that, um, because I'm finding that um, because I know because I've measured so much ground force. And if you look at ground force with video, and you see what what type of uh, what type of movement patterns have to happen to maximize 
ground force reaction. I now have the ability to eyeball it better than I used to eyeball it. Yeah. Because I know when it looks like that, I know what numbers I'm going to get versus when it looks like that. Sure. Yeah. So when, I, when, I'm, when I'm able to explain that to, to my athletes, then they say, yeah, I, I can feel the difference because my, and, and I use an analogy now, I've been using a really, uh, the analogy that I've been using that's really effective now is in a car, does the engine move the wheels or do the, meal, do the wheels move the engine? Yeah. You know, and I, and I have them answer that question. Yeah. And then I say, well, in your swing, is it your foot that's moving the body or is it your body that's moving your foot and your foot allows your body to continue? Yeah. And, and, and I need you to understand that because you gave me the right answer, but you're not doing that answer. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and, and then, you know, we talked about before how we're, we're working with a, um, a generation who is a lot more visual yeah. than they are kinesthetic. Yeah. So I, I find myself filming them more and then showing them, I know you're not feeling this, but <clears throat> this is what I'm seeing and I want you to see what I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, wow, I, I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I was I, I didn't feel like that was like that was happening. And it's mm-hmm. like and then it changes. So yeah. um, in terms of, you know, and, and you know, and I know there's so many layers and depths to what, what, you, what you guys are doing. Um, but I'm finding that <clears throat> the ground force and me being able to help my athletes to cue themselves into certain sequences and, and feels by having the right self-talk. So I've been coaching the intent more. Yeah. Versus coaching the the form. For sure. Because yeah. in coaching the intent, and I, and I wanted to see how you guys, what you guys felt, how you guys felt about that. Yeah. No, I, we agree. Um, so we do a lot of rotational med ball work. Yeah. Um, and in our last place, um, all we had were like plywood gym mats that were over the top of sheetrock. Mm-hmm. Um, bad idea anyone listening that owns a gym don't do that um and <laughs> we used to joke with our kids like we're not wanting you just to throw a med ball i want you to try to break the freaking ball like i want you to every throw i want as much force as you can put in the wall so that backfired on us and it looked like the kool-aid man had run through him when we took the pads down because the sheetrock mm-hmm. was destroyed um, so yeah at our place now we have reinforced steel that has three quarter inch plywood over the top of it it's not mm-hmm. going anywhere uh, but, We've noticed, especially with our explosive stuff, whether it's our sprinting, whether it's our med ball throws or jumping, we can clean up a little bit of like fundamental stuff later. Like I'm not as much worried about that. It's, I want you to go for broke bail out because that's, what's going to get that CNS firing is that max intent. That's where we're going to see the adaptation. The, the harder I throw the six pound med ball into the wall, the more I'm going to have to move my trunk in the correct way mm-hmm. to faster i'm not just going to magically find more arm strength to do it it's going to yep. have to come from ns recruitment from my trunk and by trunk i mean rib cage mm-hmm. to knees yeah <clears throat> it truly it does come down to that max intent like you were saying and, and i think it's funny because you know you have that that ex, uh you call it uh that ex, extrinsic mindset and, and yep. sometimes, my, sometimes my or the extrinsic or the ex- external focus, right, versus the internal focus. So sometimes I'm finding that a lot of kids, because the culture of instruction, the culture of the one-on-one lesson has been death by cues. <laughs> Coach, please tell me t- you got you got to tell me something every swing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, we, we've taken away the athleticism. Yep. We've taken away the athlete's freedom of movement. And we've taken away the athlete's creativity. Yeah. So that they're, they're unable to like create a path or create a, a, a slot and get to an arm slot as a pitcher or whatever it is, or move a finger on a ball to get more movement because they're always looking for the coach to tell them what to do next. And when, I, when, I'm, a, when I'm able to give my, my athletes the freedom to be externally focused, it's better for me to say, hit the next three over the fence. Yeah. Yeah. Than for me to say, move your foot this way, move your back knee that way and get your front foot here. Yeah. They're always going to slow down when they do that. <laughs> they're always going to slow down when they're, when they're more internally focused. But if I say hit it over the fence, what are they going to do? They're going to speed it up. They're going to swing yep. it harder. You know, so it's, 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 that's why I think that when the coaching environment for the skills frees the mind to be able to do those types of things in practice, and we're creating the same emotional context of a game in practice, and then they go next door and the strength coaches are on the same page, we're creating <laughs> yeah. a different mindset. Truly. Yeah. You know, and I think if, it, if it's 80% mental, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't sidestep that. We have to, we have to deal with that. And everybody, like you said, everybody's coming in different with different mentalities and different mindsets, different levels yeah. of confidence. Kids have been told different things. They're coming from different, different uh, uh, cultures that are cultivating winter mentalities and somewhere exactly. in between, somewhere in between, you know, getting going lower than that. So, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, but, you know, I know you mentioned, um, and I'm not going to hold you guys too long, but I know you mentioned uh, sleep, yeah. nutrition, <laughs> right? <laughs> the video game, you know where I'm going. The video game heads. I, I got to stay up till one in the morning because I might miss a TikTok. And if I miss a TikTok, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? Um, and our, our kids are playing tired. Oh, and, oh yeah. And they're, they're competing tired. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Our um, rule here is if you play tomorrow, you go to sleep today. Um, so that they're not up at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. because they play that day. They have to go to bed today. So. I love that rule. And I'm, I'm going to steal that just so you know I'm stealing that. So, so simple, simple. It's hard. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, let me go to sleep. I got a game today. What? <laughs> well, well, let me tell you. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, like, all the high school schedules out this week here. Mm -hmm. They're playing five, six days a week. Yeah. So you you get one bad night of sleep, you've ruined three games because you're not going to catch up. Yeah. So the only option then is on Sunday, you sleep until 2.30 in the afternoon, then you're groggy and you're you're already set up bad for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. uh, so the analogy we use with them for sleep is, you know, Nissan Stadium, which is where the Titans play here in town. Mm -hmm. So if the game ends at 8 p.m., it takes the staff until – midnight one in the morning takes them five say we'll say it takes them eight hours to round it off to clean the stadium to prep it for the next event to count the money to get the tills to do everything and it's restocked for the next place so now the next day the next event you only give them six hours to do that there's gonna be some trash left on the field there's gonna be some money unaccounted for so now you start giving them four hours now all of a sudden you're gonna have a stadium that's full of trash a stadium that has no idea where anything is. Oh, yeah, by the way, that, that stadium is your brain. Now go try to play a highly technical game and play five. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. Now we see why we have kids that have the potential to 
to throw 90 consistently, to hit for average, hit for power, run fast, that run a 6.860, that all of a sudden they're running 7.3. They're like, I don't know, I just didn't feel it today. Well, I can tell you why you didn't feel it. It's because your brain is running at 30%. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel you. I, I, yeah, trust me. And I feel bad. I'm like, because I remember me when I was a kid. And when I got older, I, I was trying to have a social life and still be a oh, really yeah. good player. Yeah. So me, me and my boys are chasing girls all night. <laughs> and then we got a game. We got to be at the field at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yep. You know, we can't sleep till two, 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 three, two, three in the afternoon. So exactly. I, it, yeah. it, it catches up to you. Well, oh, and, that, yeah. and that's, I mean, all this comes from experience. <laughs> we did it. We yeah. didn't sleep. I mean, I, all, everything I tell my kids is like, look, mm-hmm. I've made the mistakes mm-hmm. so that you don't. Right. Yeah. I, I'm the one that stayed up all night. I'm the one that didn't do the things I was supposed to in the weight room. I ate like crap. I slept like crap. Mm-hmm. I, and I played like crap for it. I got hurt. Right. Yeah. So if you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of your time and a little bit of your mental capacity to go towards the right things, you'll get to where you want to go. If it's that important, you'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got one more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got one more. One more. One more. This is it. One more. I don't want to keep you guys. I appreciate you guys be, uh, hanging in there. We're at the 35-minute mark, and it's getting good now. It's getting good. It's getting good. So I, I'm at a tournament, right? And some, I don't always get to go. And I'm not even a game person. Like even when I coached pro softball, like I hate I hated the games. <laughs> I love the practice. I love practice. <laughs> you know, I'm a development guy. So um, sometimes I'll go to a to a tournament with the team, and um, I'm bench coach. I may help warm up, hit, hit some fungos to the outfielders or whatever. Uh, and I and in between games, I see girls coming back to the coming back from like they coming back with like nachos with cheese soda I'm like yo you guys drink soda on game day first of all it's 100 degrees you got a soda and nachos yeah please talk please, please help me help yeah. us <laughs> I mean nachos taste good don't get me wrong nachos taste good I get it but we got a game in like a half an hour. We're about to warm up in a half an hour. You, you're over here with a big old thing of nachos and a soda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know it's part of the <laughs> concession stands at baseball, softball, any game. You're going to go and they have those like dollar cheese pizza slices. Yeah. Like the big cheese. But um, they make coolers for a reason. They make coolers. <laughs> Yeti can stay cold for a long time. They do. Uh, and as uh, my former director, when I was at a facility in Pennsylvania, he said, yep. you don't put Mountain Dew in an engine because it's not going to run. You got to put the right stuff in the engine to make it run efficiently and to actually have it work. Um, and that's we preach nutrition to our kids up and down. Like you can't go play on dino nuggets. And but Coach Laura, it tastes bad. It tastes Coach Laura, it doesn't taste. It doesn't taste good, though. Yeah, I know. There, there are uh, <laughs> ways. There yeah. are ways. Um, <laughs> back to being inconsistent, and intentional, and yeah. finding the ways and finding a way to make it work. Yeah, and, and I think, we have, I, yeah, yeah. We have a sign above our door that says "Go eat." Um, so when they're leaving, that's our message: "Go eat." But mm-hmm. I should put in parentheses under it, "Not crap." Yeah. But <laughs> right. So, and I think. Um, so go ahead. I'm sorry. 
You're, oh, you're, 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 you're good. Um, night before. Mm-hmm. When does hydration happen? It, sh- it should be ho- happening 24-7, <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're, especially if you're playing in the heat like it is down here in the swamp yeah. of Tennessee, <laughs> um, and especially if you're outside like at a tournament for a long amount of time, you need to be rehydrating the whole time you're playing. Um, you should be drinking uh, at least every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, after an hour or so, you need to be adding in something like a Powerade or Gatorade mm-hmm. that has some electrolytes to put back in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you lose just 3% of that, uh, your like body water, mm-hmm. um, your performance decreases are significant. Yeah. Um, so people don't focus on that as much. Um, but it's one of the bigger factors in keeping up performance throughout something like a tournament or mm-hmm. hot weather, baseball or softball, or any sport. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah. And Other you know, it's, it's we see it so often, and I've it's been a long time since I've been around a lot of tournaments, but I can remember being twelve, thirteen years old playing in Florida in World Series, and when we got to the championship. One team had one pitcher left. Everybody was limping. Everybody was bloody and tired. The other team had one kid that could still, like, hold the bat with both hands. It comes down to survival of the fittest. It comes down to who's left. Yeah. So taking the steps, the days, and the hours before mm-hmm. to make sure you're the last one's left, you're going to win a lot more games. If you're making sure that your guys between and girls between games have, you know, a Powerade or, like, one of the element packets that have no salt there, that have no sugar in them, that are just mm-hmm. electrolyte and salt, if it's as simple as that between a game, you're going to see your team is going to last longer. Yeah. Personally, you're going to see your kid, like you yourself will last longer as a coach. Mm-hmm. I take one with me every time I go golfing. I'm old now. When I, when I go <laughs> golf, I sweat too much. I get hot and tired. So I got to have that to get me through a round of golf when it's hot down here. Much mm-hmm. less, I can't even remember, I can't fathom making it through a tournament, especially like my wife played college softball. She mm-hmm. remembers days where they had nine games in one day to get back to the championship to play that night at two in the morning. Yeah. So you're telling me these girls are running on four hours of sleep. They've eaten a cheeseburger and had a, had a Mountain Dew today and they're going to magically be able to play 10 games and not get hurt. Like, I need that Mountain Dew. Though. Yeah. Wait, I mean, no. <laughs> I'm retired, but <laughs> when, I, when I'm in the cage all day, I was like, I need a Mountain Dew. I got to get through this last two hours. <laughs> the system, the system yeah. is already going to act against them for health mm-hmm. and performance. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take their, their habits on top of that, mm-hmm. you're, cooking, you're cooking for your make. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. yeah. There Absolutely. are so easily simple ways to, to help push you further to get to that point. Because in some of these older kids, like we tell them, you don't know what game a, a college coach is going to be at. You don't know. It could be that 10th game that they come to. And their only impression of you is going to be that, well, you were kind of lethargic. You kind of don't hustle. You, your bat speed was slow. Your arm mm-hmm. looked tired. You just, yep. you just have it. You're not going to be in our program. Yeah. Wow. All right. I am so <laughs> excited about this, uh, this venture, this partnership, this collaboration yes. between Complete Game and uh, Triple Threat and Hybrid. And I'm lo- yeah. we're looking forward to 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 to, to changing. You know the the face of 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 the sport yeah. uh, in, in Tennessee, and 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 giving athletes who have aspirations to be elite um, yeah. the resources and 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 the people to give them the guidance and the mentoring. Yeah. 
to help them get where they need to get to in all aspects of performance. Yeah. You know, and I think I think we need that. It's 2023. I mean, we, we're smarter. We know more. We have more knowledge and information and studies and data. And we have we have we can prove things now. We can say this definitely works because we have research. This definitely does not work. And, and then we have experience, too, at the same time. Like we know that this works better because we've trained enough athletes and we, 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 we've done our, our due diligence. And then when we start to collab and start looking at the actual data from how they're moving and watching the growth. So, yeah, you can see. This kid started out with 55 mile an hour bat speed coming in the door, right? And then all of a sudden, three months later, they're at 62, 63 mile an hour bat speed with with your program. Then we start to say, well, here's here's why. Now, yeah. then you start seeing that 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 bat speed start to dip because you stop showing up. Yeah. Because I'm putting a number on it now. It's objective. It's not my opinion. This is, these are numbers. Yeah. No, it's it's proven. Right. Yeah. In, in December, you, this is this was your exit velocity. And all of a sudden, now in May, why'd you dip eight miles an hour? Yeah, but yeah, yeah but but you haven't shown up. Like you get so swing since May, and you haven't had a single strength exercise to back up. And that's <laughs> that's the reason why this is going to be very important. You know what we're yeah, about yeah. What, we're, what we're about to do, guys. I'm so excited. I'm, um, I'm really I'm grateful that we were able to get this one in, and it, it actually recorded this time. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> thank God for take two. <laughs> And uh, please tell us how my audience can contact you, follow you, and anything new that you have coming up that you'd like to talk about uh, before we before we uh, uh, Instagram is kind of where we show showcase most of what's going on in the gym, mm-hmm. um, whether it's our athletes, our adults, whoever it is. Uh, at Hybrid Strength and Performance, um, we're both on there. Our third coach, who we brought on a couple months ago, uh, Sebastian, is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can follow us individually. We post a little bit about what we do in our lives um, and also just some, some educational stuff too. So I'd say Instagram is our main. We do have a Facebook. That's mainly where parents communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our Instagram at hybrid strength and performance is definitely the, the go-to place to see what goes on here on a day-to-day basis and to get a better feel for, for, for what's going on. Um, she talked about her powerful clinic. Yeah. Um, that's something that's kind of been gone for a while. We didn't have the room to do it at the other place. We got to where we were having 17 athletes in a thousand square feet. Uh, didn't got, work. Got pretty rough. Yeah. Um, so that is coming back. Yeah. Um, I'm bringing this. Summer. Yeah. So that that will be back this summer. We've got more information coming out on that in the coming months uh, to get pre-registered and signed up for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, continuing to expand on our knowledge here. Uh, we've got some couple new technology things we're looking at doing in the next couple months with uh, sprint speed tracking, uh, laser timers, things like that that we're wanting to get into. Cool. Um, also, we're going to probably start um, tracking med ball speed uh, on our throws again. Uh, yeah. This is my so, kind of stuff. <laughs> so uh, I'm deep in a book by Bill Miller right now mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. med ball speed, exit velocity, and things like that tracking that data um and so waited on the the right time to get to start doing that we've got a wall that can handle it now so i'm trying to <laughs> okay try yeah. to throw a six pound ball 37 miles an hour yeah that's great <laughs> that's good stuff all right i appreciate you guys having having you on having uh having the uh, i appreciate having you guys on and uh we are looking forward to i'm gonna be looking forward to seeing you at the grand opening uh, yes at, which is going to be february 24th 5th 6th that weekend so i'll be down uh, bringing the heat. Well, not literally. 
figuratively. <laughs> I'd be bringing the heat because it's cold up here. It was zero. It was, uh, what was it? One degrees? Yeah. It was one degrees uh, the other day? Yeah, it's 65 right now. So. Oh, yeah. my God. I hate it. I hate you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to come down there. I'm going to bring the heat figuratively, but I'm, I hope I don't bring the cold, though. <laughs> All right. So, good talking to you. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, yes. perfect. All right. Have a good one.